having your Bibles, I'm sure, can I ask you to look at um, Hebrews chapter 10 again with us. We looked at this passage last week, and we again want to look at this passage this week. Hebrews chapter 10, and we're going to be reading from verses 19 to 25. Just to recap, particularly for those of you who were not with us last week, we looked at how the Jewish believers in the book of Hebrews wanted to go back into their old style of worship. But it was more than a style of worship. It was actually going back into their previous faith after having an encounter with the Lord Jesus and him bringing them out of their old way of life into a new way of life. And we had seen how Hebrews chapter 10, verses 36, 37, 39, actually encouraged, but maybe encourage is a weak word, implored them to not go back, not to shrink back into their faith, not to go back to the old Jewish religion that they were a part of, and encouraging them to move forward in their faith. And so we looked at that last week, and what it looked like, and what the old had to promise them. It was the old covenant with previous people who were totally human and flawed, and um, the Jewish believers were looking at them instead of moving into the new covenant, which was the better covenant with better promises, but this is the important point, but also a better person who was the Lord Jesus, who was their high priest. And so we see that uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 36 and 37 says that you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. And then he said, we as Christians are part of those who shrink back. So let me just recap for a moment. Um, it is really, really important that we understand that with the Hebrew Christians, they wanted to go back to their old style of worship. They wanted to go back to a worship, a faith that was less than ideal. As a matter of fact, it was completely different from Christianity, from Jesus. And so the Hebrew writer encourages them not to go back, but to move forward in their faith. And this is what we're going to be looking at this morning. I prefer to look at the scriptures at the side of Christianity that encourages us to move forward in our faith. That is what brings the light. That is what brings joy. There are times, and the Bible addresses this when we need to look at why we are moving back, why we are drifting, why we are making decisions to go back to our former way of life. And that has to be addressed. And we looked at that. We saw that the Hebrew Christians went back and shrunk back to their previous way of life because of fear, because of compromise, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, being a little bit double-minded within their faith. 
They went back because of the familiar. They got stuck in sin. And we encouraged you last week to get unstuck and to move forward within your faith, which we're going to be looking at today. They moved back and shrunk back because of impatience. And that's where most of us live. And oftentimes we get distracted because we think we should have arrived earlier than what we are. And of course, disappointment, which is a huge one, which oftentimes causes us to drift or to move backwards. I know, I think I had five occasions this past week and a half to get in touch with people that we've pastored in previous churches who had a family member to pass away. And so this past week for me, the last 10 days, was interacting with those people. And there really is a great sense of disappointment within our hearts. You know, and certainly within our church here at Lyft, we had two younger people who passed on but went to be with the Lord. And there is a sense of disappointment within our hearts. And oftentimes those things can distract us. And then the other three people were a little bit older, but sometimes there is disappointment that sets within our hearts. And if we don't deal with it properly, with the Lord Jesus being in the very center of it and reading the scriptures, those things can cause us just to shrink back a little bit. So that's what we looked at last week. This week... We are going to look at this very exciting passage of Scripture, which is found in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 25. So please, if you could read the passage of Scripture with me. Well, since you're in your lounges, why don't you read the passage of Scripture out loud together with your family as I read it? Because we're going to talk about a very exciting subject that is near to all of our hearts as we move forward in our faith. And so Hebrews chapter 10 from verse 19 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And so we see within these scriptures a number of ideas, truths, that could help us to move forward within our faith. And dare I say we need all of these truths to help us to move forward, and I'm going to give you the outline today, and we're going to look at one of these truths. But the first truth is that that if we are going to move forward in our relationship with God, we need to draw near to God. And then, secondly, we need to believe 
that God is faithful. And then thirdly, we need to help others in their walk with God. And that will help our faith to grow. Fourthly, we need to encourage others to be faithful in attendance as we worship together as a church. You'd say, well, would that encourage me and help me to move forward in my faith? Absolutely. Because the scripture says so, and practically it really works. And then, decide to live your life in the context or in the light of eternity in the expectation of Jesus' return. And my friends, these principles the Hebrew writer placed here as he was speaking to these Hebrew Christians and he was saying to them, don't shrink back in your faith. He says, if you do these things, drawing near to God, believe that God is faithful, help others in your walk with God, encourage others to be faithful in attendance and to desire to live your life in the light of eternity. He says these things will help you not to drift. These things will help you not to get distracted. These truths, as you live them out with the Lord Jesus being in the very center of your life, will cause you to grow in your relationship with God. The times that we are living in, friends, are truly troubling times. And I'm sure you know that. I'm having to make a decision whether I want to continue to spend the amount of time that I do on Twitter and on Facebook as I am. Because when you look at all things, you get so much bad news, don't you? And so much of it is not true. And when you live in this world that we are living, my friends, it is very, very easy to get distracted. Um, you can spend so much time looking at what's happening out there. And it doesn't necessarily feed our faith in God. And I just thought this morning, what do I need to do to grow in my faith? What do I need to do to make sure that I persevere and that I do the will of God and that I am in line to receive every single promise and benefit of my faith? And my friends, I think what is so exciting is that the Hebrew writer just brings the Hebrew Christians back to that which is really important. I want to encourage you today to ask this question. Concerning my faith in the Lord Jesus, what is really important? There's so many stuff that we use that becomes a scaffolding for our faith that actually doesn't hold us when the difficult times come and also when times come where we take our faith for granted. Those scaffoldings eventually do us no favors. And so the writer to the Hebrews gets right to the point and he says, my friends, I want to tell you 
what is important during these troubling times. Focus on this. Keep your eyes on this. And the first one that I think is essential is that we draw near to God. Now, it seems such a practical truth, but I must be honest with you, it was so difficult over the last week to 10 days when I was looking at this concept about drawing near to God to make it really practical within my life. What does it actually mean? Well, the Hebrew writer says in verse 22, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled cleansed to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. The great passion of this writer, I think it's Paul, is that we draw near to God. He encourages us to come to God's throne to receive all that we need. He wants us to come to God's throne with confidence that he will reward us with all that Jesus has for us. And this is clearly what he means here in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 22. Because he says that we need to enter the holy place. That is the new heavenly holies of holies. Like that inner room in the Old Testament. In the old tabernacle. Where the high priest met with God once a year. And where the glory of God descended on the ark of the covenant. The Hebrew writer says, as believers, we have the privilege to enter into that most holy place. You see, my friends, only the high priest, once a year, on the day of atonement, were allowed to enter into the most holy place. And there were a number of rituals of cleansing that he had to go through to be able to go into the most holy place to offer sin sacrifices and worship sacrifices to God. He had to, before he walked into the most holy place, he had to wash himself with water and he had to make sure that he was completely washed. And then he had to take blood and he had to sprinkle that blood on the mercy seat. And only he could do that once a year. The Hebrew writer says that as believers who have been washed by the blood of Jesus, he says that we can come into that place and draw near. To God. Some questions that I had about drawing near to God. When do we need to draw near to God? Have you thought about that? Can we draw near to God every single moment of the day? What does it mean? Can we draw near to God with other people? As a matter of fact, he uses the plural there. He says, let us draw near to God. It is amazing within the New Testament, community is so important. And you see that throughout the book of Acts, and we mentioned it last week. You see it in the writings of most of the New Testament writers. They believe so strongly in community that he says, let us 
come together so you could view this passage of Scripture in this way. Firstly, yes, as individuals, we can draw near to God at any time that we need to. But it's clear to me that it is not like we are near to God in this sense all the time of the day. That's very, very clear here because he says we need to draw near. And I think practically you and I will admit that at times we sense that we are distant from God. At times we need to make a conscious effort to draw near to God. And so these are all of the questions that I had as I was studying this passage of Scripture. But I think what he's trying to do is to create a desire within us to be close to God. If I had to ask some of you today, just how close to God are you? How would you respond? I guarantee you that some of you would say, well, during this period of my life, I was closer to God than what I am now. Or I'm now closer to God than that period within my life. So there is kind of like a distance within our lives that is created through circumstances, maybe through some distractions within our lives. Maybe we've become so familiar like the Hebrew Christians that we no longer see being um, near to God or drawing near to God as a high priority and a massive privilege. I remember as a young teenage boy having encountered Jesus in a very personal way. I just absolutely loved to draw near to God. And I remember that there were a number of things that suffered because I wanted to draw near to God. My parents were not that happy with my study program in school because I just loved to gather together with other believers and um, just draw near to God. I remember on a Monday night, I had a Bible study with a group of people in a home, and we drew near to God that way. On a Tuesday night, I was a part of a group of friends who got together on a Tuesday night at a church, at, at an Assemblies of God church. Man, I went to them to that meeting. On Wednesday night, there was a meeting at our own church that I went to. On Thursday night, there was an interdenominational meeting of Christians from all different denominations, a group from um, a place called Hatfield Church coming to us, leaders in worship, and we just encountered God in a most beautiful way. Friday nights was this youth evening, and I absolutely loved it. So I guess Saturdays I could do my schoolwork. So you can clearly see that my parents were not that happy with me. But there was a real desire within my heart to draw near to God and my friends what made it easier was when I was with people who wanted to draw near to God who you hang around with will impact your faith who you hang around with will determine to some extent how you experience nearness with God when I look at the Bible I see that Adam and Eve in the cool of the day, sought to have fellowship with God. And the Bible says that God just loved that time with them. It's amazing. The moment they sinned, they hid themselves from God. They stepped out of fellowship. That's what sin does, even for you and I today. It can cause us to move away from God. As a matter of fact, under the beautiful new covenant that we are saved into when we sin 
It shouldn't cause us to run away from God, but sin should cause us to run towards God. As you will see in just a moment what happens when we enter his throne room of grace, where we find mercy and grace in our time of need. Sin ought to cause us to fall forward towards Christ, not away, if we are believers. Abraham was termed the friend of God because he loved to spend time with God. He drew near to God. Moses, when he drew near to God and when God drew near to him, the Bible says he had to cover his face with the veil because of the glory of God. It doesn't happen for us anymore. We can step into the most holy of holies where the glory of God is at and we can fellowship with him. As a matter of fact, the glory of God, we don't have to go and fetch it. The glory of God is already within our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Jesus said he must leave so that he can send us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will not only be with us, he'll be inside of us. So the presence and the glory of God is actually within us. We carry the presence of God with us. Jacob, in Genesis chapter 32, wanted to commune with God. And, and uh, we always talk about Jacob's ladder, don't we? You know, and he wanted to experience God. He wanted to draw near to God. And at one stage, the angel said to him, leave. He says, no, I will not leave until... You bless me. It's the angel of the Lord. Until you bless me. There was that desire to draw near to God. And my friends, I believe that during these troubling times, we should prioritize to draw near to God. We prioritize so many other things. It is more important than your job. It is more important than your other responsibilities. It's actually more important to draw near to God than to spend time with your family. And that's controversial, isn't it? No, it's not. If you spend time, if you have a desire to draw near to God, you'll do your family good and you'll get your priorities right. So we need to draw near to God. Now, friends, we draw near to God when we understand more and more what Jesus did for us when he died for us on the cross. I truly believe that when we understand the gospel, the implications of the gospel, what cost Jesus, but also what he has actually opened up for us, a clear, the Bible says, and a living way to have fellowship with God, it would put a desire within us to prioritize our lives in such a way that we would draw near to God. Now, I know as a young boy, I had some of my priorities wrong. But nevertheless, I had a heart for God to come together with him. I can truthfully say that I still have this heart. And I still just do things where I can just be together with God. Um, Here in Switzerland, it's almost been a new revival within my life because I just love even more than what I did in South Africa, just to go and to walk and to spend time with God. I'll go out two or three times a day. I'm privileged to be able to do that and just really enjoy time with God or in my office or in the mornings at home. I, I will read the scriptures and send some scriptures to people. Why? Because I want to draw near to God because I understand more and more the gospel within my life. You see, 
verses 19 to 21 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter by the blood of Jesus, that's the gospel, my friends, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way open for us through the curtain, which is his body. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God. You see, my friends, this is the gospel. His blood has qualified you and I to enter into his presence. Once and for all. We don't have to work ourselves into it. We don't have to do a myriad of good works, my friends. We just step by faith into his presence because we are covered by the blood of Jesus. The old hymn says that the blood has never lost its stain or the blood has never lost its power to propel us into the presence of God. My friends, you and I are carriers of the blood of Jesus. Wherever we go, that seal that the Holy Spirit has baptized us in when we got saved is with us wherever we go. That's why when people meet us, they would be able to say, because of the gospel, you are truly a daughter of God. You are truly a son of God. You're a man of God. You're a daughter of God. It's because of this privileged position that the gospel has qualified us to step into that place. You see, the high priest entered the holies of holies once a year, carrying the blood of animals with him and sprinkled it on the mercy seat. Jesus died once and he shed his blood for us once and for all. When you start to value that, my friends, we would want to be in his presence in a conscious way. He gave us total access to the throne room of God by new and a living way, the Hebrew writer says, open for us through the curtain. That is his body. Only the priest could enter the holy place. Only the priest could enter the holy place and only the high priest could enter the most holy place after observing all of the rituals by being washed and cleansed. You and I have already been washed and cleansed. The word being the blood sprinkled upon us is in the perfect tense in the Greek, which means an act that is finished. It was done. It's in the perfect tense. Creates that opportunity for us whenever we want to, to draw near to God, when we feel we're just a little bit distant from him. It's by faith we step in, not by the works we do, but by faith, believing in the gospel, what he has done for us. My friends, his presence helps us to enter into God's presence. So it's not just his blood, it's not just his body. Oh, I must go back to his body. My friends, it is such a beautiful truth. You see, there was a veil that separated the holy place from the most holy place. And so not even the priest could go into the most holy place, only the high priest. When Jesus died, the Bible says on Good Friday, the veil was torn from top to bottom. Not from the bottom to the top, but from top to bottom. I'm telling you why that happened. God took that veil and he tore it. It was the thickness of a man's hand, they say. He tore it so that we can have total access to God. Do you see how the gospel motivates us to step into God's presence? But his presence also helps us to enter into God's presence since we have a great high priest over the house of God. Jesus is our priest and our high priest, ever living, 
to intercede with us, the Hebrew writer says in Hebrews chapter 7, verses 25 and 26. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always loves to intercede for them. Such a high priest truly meets our needs, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart for sinners, exalted above the heavens. My friends, when we draw near to God, we draw near to a person. Yes, we draw near to a place. Yes, we draw near to a cleansed place. But for me, what really is so special about the gospel is that I draw near to a person, to the Lord Jesus. You come into this holy of holy place. Yes, it's the throne room of God. Yes, we know all of the stuff that's around there. The 24 elders, um, the book of Revelation says, falls down and they worship God from every tribe and from every nation, the scripture says. But my friends, at the center of that throne is Jesus. That's where we come from. He says we need to draw near. With a clean heart. We need to draw near with confident faith. We need to draw near with a clean conscience. We need to draw near with a clean body. Those are all things that we do as we ready ourselves. It can be within a moment or even when we come together as a church. I think it is so important that we make sure that we're of maximum benefit to one another, but also that we enter into that most holy place where, the Hebrew writer says, we find mercy and grace in our time of need. You say, but Piet, how do I do it? You know, the Hebrew writer addresses it here, and he says, we draw near to God through faith. I want to close with this illustration. You say, well, with faith, yeah, my friends. The reason why I said in the beginning um, that oftentimes the question arises, am I living in the most holy place every minute after that? I'm honest with you, I don't. And probably you don't either. But what takes me out of that rut that I'm in, or when I'm distracted, when I'm so involved with my work, I get home and I'm finished, and I have not experienced anything of God. And my friends, this should be the aim of every Christian, is that daily we need to have the faith to say, God, I want to experience something of you. Wouldn't that be a wonderful goal to move towards? Because then we will reprioritize our lives, we will not only reprioritize our lives, we will have values that will cause us to experience God. And so we draw near to God, friends, when we activate our faith. When we activate our faith. Remember, faith is not works. Faith is a decision to believe what God says in his word that we can draw near to him. When missionary John Payton was translating the scriptures for the South Sea Islanders, he was unable to find a word in their vocabulary for the concept of believing, trusting, 
or even having faith. He had no idea how he would convey that to them. One day while he was in the hut translating, a man came running upstairs into Peyton's study, flopped on the chair exhausted. He said to Peyton, it is so good to rest my whole weight in this chair. John Peyton had his word. Faith is resting your whole weight on God. That word went into the translation of the New Testament and helped to bring that civilization to Christ. Believing is putting your whole weight on God. If God said it, then it's true. And we need to believe it. Whether you're sitting in front of your desk, when you activate your faith, you can draw near to God. Whether you're in the exam room and you're taking your exams, and most people will do it online at the moment, you just need to flop back into that chair. And you need to put your full weight on God. When you're wrestling through an unjust situation that had hit you, my friends, you need to put your full weight on God. When you do that, you enter into the presence of God. My friends, when you have sinned and the devil says to you, go back, that's when you put your full weight on God and you enter into the most holy of holies and let Jesus come and cleanse you once again. It's the beautiful thing of just moving near to God. When you need mercy, the Hebrew writer says, you'll find mercy when you enter into the throne room of God. When you need grace, that is to enable us to have strength to move on. My friends, that is when we put our full weight on God. Are you tired? Are you weary? Come into that throne room of God. Draw near to him. Put your full weight on God. And you receive the grace, the strength, the supply, the resource that you need to move in your faith with God. Why don't you pray with me? If you're not a believer today, you don't know how to draw near to God. It starts by praying to God and reaching out to him. And he says, all that you need to do is to call upon his name. And he'll receive you. And so I'm going to pray for you first. Father, I pray for those who are with us today. Who have never experienced the pressure, the, uh, the pleasure and the privilege of drawing near to you. Lord, would you today, as they call upon you, forgive their sins. Would you today... By the faith that you put within their hearts, help them to draw near to you. Would you assure them 
that you are for them and not against them and that they have a place with all of the other believers in your house. Would you do that within their lives today? I want to encourage you, just call upon the name of the Lord Jesus. He's there with you. He will do the work that is needed within your life. Let me pray for believers now. Lord, I pray for all of us who have been distracted by many things. Some of us who have even started to slip back. Some of us who have drifted. Lord, I pray through your Holy Spirit today that you put a desire back within their hearts to draw near to you. Help them to understand the gospel today. That it's a gospel that costs Jesus everything. So that we don't have to pay anything. But by virtue of grace and faith can enter into that nearness with you. Lord, would you draw those believers. Would you cause within their hearts a remorse for their sin where they would lay it on you again and call for you to free them farther from that place that they find themselves in and that they would experience sweet fellowship with you. And Father, for many others who are enjoying that nearness with you, Lord, would you help us not to become familiar with it, but would you help us to appreciate it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.